Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, January 19th, 2024. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, warning signs for Speaker Mike Johnson. Number two, the vault. All eyes are on House Dems when it comes to the tax deal this morning. And number three, Steve Scalise's big fundraising numbers. All right, let's get into it. The House and Senate moved expeditiously yesterday to keep the government funded uh, and probably a good decision given the snow is falling early this morning. Uh, Congress averted that government shutdown with a vote in the Senate, 77 to 18 in the House. Members of the Freedom Caucus tried to get Speaker Mike Johnson to put the bill through the Rules Committee and amend it with H.R. 2. That's that kind of strict border package and uh, immigration package that conservative Republicans like. Johnson resisted that, and the bill passed 314 to 108. But behind that massive total, there were some warning signs for Johnson. And important for us to note here, there were some notable votes against him, including... House Republican Conference Chair Elise Stefanik, Johnson's number three, who is said to be in the mix for former President Donald Trump's running mate. She bucked the speaker. Also, interestingly, there were several committee chairs who defied Johnson on the vote, including Budget Chair Jody Arrington, Veterans Affairs Chair Mike Boast, Representative Mike Gallagher, the chair of the China Select Committee, multiple others, including Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan, National Resources Chair Bruce Westerman and Small Business Chair Roger Williams. There should be alarm bells blaring on the second floor of the House Leadership Suite. This is a stunning number of defections from lawmakers who should be loyal to Johnson. And Johnson's going to need all the loyalty he can muster. He is about to enter an extraordinarily challenging period, one that will challenge any speaker, not to mention one who's less than 100 days in power. So let's run down what to expect here in the next few weeks. First of all, number one, border and supplemental. It's fair to say, I think as we previewed, that the White House meeting with the Four Corners this week did not produce any major result when it comes to foreign aid and the border supplemental. Still, as early as next week, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer will begin the process of bringing this package to the floor. Johnson, of course, will tear the bill apart partially because he will inevitably disagree with the policy, but also it's in his political benefit to do so. And then there's the fact that a majority of House Republicans outright oppose more Ukraine funding. At some point, Johnson is going to want to call the White House to Capitol Hill to brief Republicans on Ukraine. That, of course, could be quite the show. The second thing to watch for the next few weeks is how soon does the Senate move? Schumer has queued up nomination votes for the beginning of next week, but it's unclear if legislative text for the border portion will be ready in time for the Senate to begin the process of passing it. Senate GOP leaders don't want the perception that they're trying to jam this through with little time to review and critique it. This is of particular concern for Republicans who oppose Ukraine aid and could try to torpedo the effort. Of course, the exact timing is going to be up to Schumer. The third thing to watch All eyes are going to be on Mitch McConnell. The Senate Minority Leader has been one of the strongest advocates for the supplemental, not just the border policy changes, but also what he sees as urgent national security priorities addressed in the package. 
the Kentucky Republican has a very difficult task. He's going to need to convince enough GOP senators to support the package as a way to show Johnson it has strong Republican backing. GOP leaders say a good benchmark is half of the conference, so McConnell's going to be whipping at least 25 votes. Johnson could ultimately decide to say no to the Senate bill regardless of how many Republicans vote for it. But this is an important number for McConnell, whom we expect will intensify his push. Other things to watch, the right and left, of course, are going to mobilize. Unlike a lot of the packages that you saw during the first two years of Biden's presidency, where you had Democrats and a handful of Republicans come together to get 60 votes, this isn't going to be one of those bills. Conservatives who oppose Ukraine funding will be against it, as will progressives who oppose the border policy changes. So the big question is whether there's a large enough universe of senators in both parties who could vote for the bill. And the big outstanding question that really is the outstanding question for so much is what will Trump do? It's not hyperbole to say that Trump has the power to kill this entire effort. Trump, of course, has been cool to Ukraine funding. And his political operation is certainly wary of Republicans giving Biden the win, even a perceived one, on an issue like the border that has made him so vulnerable. If Johnson hasn't already declared the Senate bill dead, Trump coming out against it could be the nail in the coffin. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning from the vault. Laura Weiss is all over this tax deal. And despite the snow, the Ways and Means Committee is kicking off its markup this morning at 9 a.m. And you should expect Democrats to make plenty of noise about wanting more from the package, particularly on the child tax credit. But what's interesting to watch here is going to be whether or not they support the final package at the committee level. So far, they're not ruling out support for the legislation that would devote $33 billion to helping families while also expanding business tax benefits, an affordable housing incentive, and disaster relief. Ways and Means ranking member Richie Neal, the Democrat from Massachusetts, says he's going in with a quote-unquote open mind, and we'll see where the flow goes during the markup. But he wouldn't say definitively how he'll vote. Still, Neal credited House Democrats with wedging some priorities into the deal, saying there's not much more that could be done with slim majorities in both chambers. What to expect? Amendments, amendments, amendments. Before the final vote, Neil said Democrats would have some pretty vigorous amendments, including one to expand the child tax credit further. He said the proposal would make the point that it's what Democrats will do if they win in November. So even if they support this tax deal, expect Democrats to continue to really push their priority, the child tax credit, from here on out. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning, the money game. We got some news this morning. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise raised $27.2 million for Defend the House, his joint fundraising committee, continuing his very solid fundraising in the post-Kevin McCarthy era. Scalise pulled in $13.5 million in large dollar contributions. Scalise is known for his online fundraising. The Louisiana Republican continued that trend, raising $11.5 million online from 126,000 donors. Scalise also transferred $9.7 million to the NRCC and gave $3.5 million to other GOP candidates. Also, something to flag here, Jeff Miller, a top Republican lobbyist and close friend of that former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, is hosting a major fundraiser for Speaker Mike Johnson's Grow the Majority Joint Fundraising Committee. The event, January 31st, is expected to raise north of $4 million, according to source close to the fundraiser. Scalise will be there, House Majority Whip Tom Emmer, 
House Republican Conference Chair Elise Stefanik and NRCC Chair Richard Hudson as our Every Republican Committee Chair. One quick note before we let you go, we've got a new event. You can join us Friday, February 9th at 9 a.m. for an interview in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm going to be joined on stage with Jake Sherman and Senator J.D. Vance, the Republican from Ohio, for a conversation about news of the day and the challenges facing small business owners. This event is the first in a two-part traveling series presented by Goldman Sachs' 10,000 Small Businesses Voices. You can sign up for that by going to our website at punchbowl.news. As always, we appreciate you listening to The Daily Punch. If you like it, share us. Tell your family. Tell your friends. It's the best way for more people to find out about us. You can also share it on social media. And sign up for our free morning newsletter Monday through Friday. Just takes an email at punchbowl.news. Have a great day. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.